Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Grace City Church podcast. If you would like more info on our church, you can visit gracecityboston.com. Now let's get to the sermon. Hey, welcome, uh, Grace City. Thanks so much for joining us uh, this morning or this evening, or um, as you he- heard Haley mention, uh, we actually have a, a group of people that are in uh, in the worship service with us uh, tonight. And so just so excited to have you here. If, if you don't know me, my name is Brian, the lead pastor of uh, Grace City Church uh, or Digital Grace City Church is kind of the, the format that, that all of us are um, operating in, in now. And so we're in a, our third week uh, of a series called Psalms the Ascent. Uh, songs for the road ahead, and so what we've been looking at are are these kind of various songs that we we find in Scripture in the Old Testament, um, uh, basically given to God's people um, for their instruction, for their help, uh, to to really kind of help them um, live in such a way that that would lend itself towards a long obedience. And so we've kind of organized this series, and, and we said it in week one, but we kind of organized this series around this this quote um, by Friedrich. Uh, Friedrich uh, Nietzsche, this is what he, he said, and, and you'll see this on, um, on your screen, but he, he says this, he says, the essential thing in heaven and earth is that there should be, and here, here's kind of the statement that we pull out of uh, for this series, that there should be a long obedience in the same direction. He, he continues on, uh, there, thereby results and has always resulted in the long run, something which has made life worth living. So that, that's kind of what we're looking at uh, for the next few weeks together is this idea of how do we have a long obedience in the same direction? Like how do we as, as followers of, of Christ, as we're kind of surveying our, our life and social circle and wherever we kind of find ourselves, um, how do we do this in a way that, that is, is indicative of walking in obedience? You know, I, I think, um, so the longer that I've, I've been a Christian, so I, I think... Uh, I became a Christian when I was um, when I was 15 uh, years old, and so uh, just um, like kind of getting up there uh, in in my years of kind of Christian age, and I think one of the things that uh, I've recognized kind of over my Christian walk is, is and, and something honestly that I'm really committed to um, as I grow is 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 really finishing well. Like I'm 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 seeing and recognizing uh, I've been. Uh, in ministry long enough, and I've, I've been um, both seeing people uh, in ministry as well, uh, and also working with people. Um, I've been doing it long enough um, to see a lot of people not finish well. And so I think even more so now, um, I'm committed to uh, to, to doing it well for a long time. And so that, that's kind of the, the kind of the, in some ways the rallying point around what we're talking about. How do we have a long obedience um, in the same direction? So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Psalm uh, 123, uh, and we're going to be reading uh, this together. And so I do, I do want to encourage you, if, if you're watching uh, online, uh, maybe put your coffee down, grab a Bible. You don't have to keep your coffee away the whole time, uh, but maybe uh, maybe grab, kind of grab your Bible. We, we, we do want to be a people uh, that, that has our Bible, that we're studying our Bible, we're, we're reading our Bible. Um, I, I know we, all of us have phones and all those types of things now, um, but uh, we, we do want to be the type of people who, who have kind of our Bibles on hand and, uh, and, and we're ready uh, to kind of dive in and look at it. And so we're going to be looking at uh, this Psalm uh, Psalm 123. Uh, these, these psalms are called the Psalms of the Ascent. 
uh, the kind of tradition tells us that um, God's people would uh, three times a year would be going to Jerusalem to celebrate the various festivals that God's people celebrated. And uh, tradition tells us that they would sing these various songs um, as they were kind of going on their way. So that's kind of why we've said songs for the road ahead. They, they would use these songs to um, collectively say to God various different things. On, on, kind of on this process. And so that's what we're doing as well. And so week one, we looked at um, how do we get on the, essentially how do we get on the road to discipleship, Christian discipleship? How do we, how do we get on that road? Last week, we looked at the, the value of corporate kind of worship together, right? Even in this weird kind of digital space that we're in, um, there's a tremendous amount of value in, in gathering together. It's one of the, it's one of the reasons that we're, we're working um, in putting together these kind of watch parties. We, we believe that um, where God's people are gathered together and they're singing together, they're reading the word together, they're studying together, listening to these things, they're praying together, um, that, that we we work best in that setting. And so we looked at that this this past week. And so to, to, today I want to look at basically um, our position on the road. Like how do we how do we see ourselves on the road? And so let's let's get into uh, Psalm one twenty three. Uh, I'm going to pray and then we'll and then we'll dive into this particular text. God, thank you. Um, thank you for your word uh, that you you have a desire to, um, to, to know us and to be known, God. And, and a lot of the ways that we get to know you is, is through your word, God. And so would you help us today as we, um, as we study it, God? We believe that it, it changes us. We believe that it, it changes people, God. We, we've seen that um, in our own personal lives. God, I've seen that in my life. And then we've seen it over the, the history of the Christian faith, over the history of um, your people. We've seen how your word uh, changes, God. And so we, we ask for that today. Uh, we ask for uh, insight, both intellectually, God, emotionally, um, spiritually, God, that in, in all these various ways that you've created us, God, we, we ask that... Um, that it would do that uh, today, God, and we're just gonna we're just gonna trust that it does. And we pray this uh, in your Son's name, Amen. All right, Psalm one twenty three, um, one through four, really short, uh, really short Psalm. So here's here's what he says. He says, "I lift my eyes to you, the one enthroned in heaven, like a servant's eyes on his master's hand, like a servant girl's eyes on his on her mistress' hand. So our eyes are on the Lord." our God, until he shows us favor. Verse three, show us favor, Lord, show us favor, for we've had more than enough contempt. We've had more than enough scorn from the arrogant and contempt from the proud. Okay, so this is in some ways a, uh, when we look at a, kind of a psalm of distress, and so let's kind of talk through the, the various things here, and you can see this on your notes as well. If you pull it up um, on the QR code, everything is there, the scripture, and a couple of my notes and thoughts, but here, here's kind of our first thought, and, and I think this is important as we think about as we're on the road to Christian discipleship, this is the kind of our first important thought. Um, it, it it's really about in our position, what God has called us to in Christian discipleship is to live as a people who look to God, not live as a people who think they are God. So look at, look at the text. He, this, is, this is what he says in verse one. He says, I lift my eyes to you, the one where? Enthroned in heaven. And, and then he goes on in verse two, he says, like a servant's eyes on the master's hand, like a servant girl's eyes on her mistress hand. So, um, so our eyes are on the Lord, our God, until he shows us favor. So this is what he's saying. He's saying, positionally, God is in heaven. 
right? He's, he's not a guest in heaven. He is enthroned in heaven. So he, he's saying, as a created being, I'm looking upon the one enthroned in heaven. That's, that's positionally where he is. I, I'm, I'm going to uh, look to him. This, this is why, think about, think about Jesus' teaching, right? So the disciples come to Jesus and say, teach us how to pray. We want to know what your prayer life is like. This is what they asked Jesus to know about. And, and so how, how does Jesus begin the Lord's Prayer? He says what? Our Father who is in heaven. Right? So even in Jesus' prayer with his disciple or, or in his prayer of teaching them how to pray, he's saying we begin our prayer by being a people that recognize that we have a God enthroned in heaven. That that is his position in heaven, enthroned in heaven, and our position is here. Our God um, who is in heaven, right? Now, here's an interesting thing. Here's what I was thinking about as I was looking at this particular psalm. It's really easy to, I think, view God in heaven um, and to put our perspective uh, on God in heaven in times of need, right? Is it that? That's kind of the time where a, a lot of us, it, like, how many people in moments of desperation, maybe it's death, maybe it's sickness, maybe it's um, a, a loved one that they care about, there, there's something in that moment intrinsic in us to do, inside of people to do what? Pray. Right? That's the moment where they go, okay, God, now I'm going to look to you as in heaven. God, now I'm going to pray to you. And, and I, I don't, I'm not, this is not a bad thing. But, but one of the things I want to talk about is we're, we're kind of looking at this particular psalm because we can primarily see this as a psalm of kind of need because he's, he's crying for mercy. Um, he's crying, for, uh, he's crying for, for favor here. He's asking that over and over again. So apparently there's something going on there in this particular psalm where he's saying, man, people are coming down on me. They're against me. They're, they're not for me. God, can you help me? And, and I, do, I want to look at that, but I, I kind of want to take this first part and I want us to think about what does it mean to be a people who see God enthroned in heaven? And what can that image of God enthroned in heaven do for us? What can it do? I, I think it's a steadying force for us to, to this idea of a, a God enthroned in heaven. But, but let's, kind of, um, let's kind of process through that. So, so how do we, um, essentially, how do we honor an, an enthroned God? Right, So it's not just simply about approaching him with a need, which I think we do, but I think we also approach him with our dreams, with our visions, with our desires. Like we, we're saying to him, no, I, I, want to, um, I want to look to you for direction. Uh, I, I want to, uh, essentially, I want to have uh, the posture of someone who looks to God enthroned in heaven. I want to have that posture about me. Not, not someone who's looking... Um, all over the place or, or primarily looking inward and, and all these things. But I want to be this person who's, who's saying, no, God, God in heaven, enthroned in heaven, I'm looking to you. I need a, a assistance from you. One of the things that you'll notice in the gospel, in the gospel accounts, uh, essentially, isn't this what Jesus did? Like, isn't, we talk about the way of Jesus a lot um, in our church. And, and so maybe that's kind of weird language to you. But what does it mean? What does the way of Jesus mean? It means that we are a people committed to living the way that Jesus um, provided for us, right? So empowered by the Holy Spirit, uh, free through Jesus' death, life, and resurrection. We want to be a people who mimic the life that Jesus put forward to, to the best of our ability. 
And, and so really living the way of Jesus is about what? It's about submission to God in all things. Like not just, I mean, here we, we, here there's kind of this picture of, well, yes, of course I'm going to submit to a God enthroned in heaven because I'm not enthroned in heaven. But, but that, that's the posture is it, was it, was it actually mean to, to operate in submission? A couple of scriptures here, because I think, I think this is, this is what Jesus did. So John uh, chapter six, verse uh, 38, I'm, I'm just going to blitz you with some scriptures here in a second. And so all these are my notes. So you can go back and, and look at these for a bit, but this is John six, um, verse uh, 38. He says this, for I've come down from heaven. This is Jesus. For I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, uh, but the will of him who sent me. That's, that's the second person of the Trinity, Jesus. He's saying, I, I've come to heaven not to primarily exert my will, but to exert the will of God the Father in heaven. See that? It's a view of a, it's a view of an enthroned God in heaven. Even Jesus had that perspective. Um, conti- continuing on, uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 28. He says, when everything uh, is subject to Christ, then the Son himself will also be subject to the one who subjected everything to him so that God may be all in all. So what is Paul saying there? Paul is saying that, that everything is subjected to Christ and also Christ is subjected to who? To the one who subjected him. Who's the one who subjected him? God enthroned in heaven. Enthroned in heaven. This, this is the way of Jesus. It, it's, not, it's not rocket science. This is what it means to, to, to mimic him. Jesus is, is modeling for us what it means to see the Father enthroned. Or, Origen um, says this, one of the, just um, uh, a church father. He says, people who trust in God, uh, people who trust in God, follow the urging of Scripture and the example of Christ in lifting their eyes to heaven. See, Jesus looking to God the Father, it ultimately did what? It took him where? It took him to the cross. That's the gospel. The, the, the will of God the Father, I mean, the cross was the ultimate act of submission. It was, I think, listen, thinking through this lens of being enthroned in heaven, of seeing a God enthroned in heaven, it was the ultimate act of seeing God enthroned in heaven. Because he just did what? With the cross, he said what? I trust you. We we know this from um, we know this from scripture in in Matthew chapter twenty six, uh, verse thirty nine. He he says it in his prayer. He says, going a little further, he fell face down and prayed. This was Jesus. He said, uh, "My Father, if it is possible, um, let this cup." He's talking about the crucifixion. He says, "Let this cup pass from me, uh, yet not as I will, but as you will." And then Matthew 26, verse um, 42, again, it says, again, a second time, he went away and prayed, my father, um, if this cannot pass, uh, unless I drink it, your will be done. This is what it means to see God enthroned in heaven. This is what it means to look at him as one in heaven. Now, Jesus' act of submission there was the the cross. that's, That's how he did it. How do we, um, so, so how do we live the way of Jesus through, through a life of, of submission? And so I, I want you to hear this. Um, th- so there's a direct correlation. There's a direct correlation with how much Jesus, with how much time Jesus spent with the Father looking to heaven and how much he understood the Father to be directing him. 
So it wasn't like this, um, it wasn't like this magic sauce, right? That, that was just kind of going on. If, if we look at Jesus' life, what was he doing? He was strategically taking times, separating himself from his disciples, from these followers, and doing what? Listening to the Father. Talking with the Father. Seeking direction from the Father. I mean, o- over and over again in the Scripture, Jesus is, is operating in such a way that he knows what the Father wants because he's been spending time with the Father. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. This was after he had done some healings in Capernaum. Uh, it says this. He says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place, and there he was praying. Mark chapter 6, verse 46. This was after he fed 5,000 people. It says, after he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. Luke 6, verse 12. This was before he chose the 12 disciples. Um, Luke uh, writes this. During those days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent all night in prayer. Luke chapter 9, verse 18, uh, before Peter's confession to Christ. It says, while he was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? Luke chapter 9, verse 28, right before the transfiguration. It says, about eight days um, after this conversation, he took along Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to do what? To pray. Uh, Luke Um, 11, verse 1, it says this. This was right before he taught the Lord's Prayer. It says he was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Isn't it it an interesting thing? This is like a side note here. That the one thing that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them was how to pray. Like, they could have asked him all kinds of things. They could have said to him, hey, teach us how to walk on water. I thought that was cool. You know, teach us how you multiply the bread. Teach us how to, teach us how to do this. All of these various things that they, they could have asked him. Teach us, you know, like, your relational skills, you know. But, but what, is the, what is it that they ask him? They say, what? Teach us your prayer life. Teach us how to pray. What sparked that in them? They're they're seeing it. They're seeing what Jesus is doing. They're seeing how he's interacting with the Father. They're seeing how he's making decisions, right? This is what it means to see a God enthroned in heaven is to get with him and, and listen for him and take instructions for him and insight from him and give yourself from some, some space from all the other stuff. There was a a direct correlation in the amount of time he spent with the Father and his ability to decipher what the Father was telling him to do. Direct correlation. There's also, you need to hear this, there's also, uh, I think, the anxiety you feel. I don't know if anyone else is feeling a certain sense of anxiety. is, Is in a lot of ways in direct correlation with how much you are looking towards other things. See, I, I, what am I putting forward? I'm putting forward and saying that the road to Christian discipleship is having a view of, 
of God enthroned in heaven. That's what it means to be on the road to Christian discipleship. That our, our position is, is to look to God, not act like a God, right? The way that we do that is to be a people that aren't looking at lots of other things that, that want to offer um, uh, perspective, want to offer a type of life, a type of joy and fulfillment, all these types of things, but, but to look to God. So some of you, some of you, like the only thing that you need to hear is that on your road to Christian discipleship, one of the things that you need to be doing right now is looking less at other things and more at God enthroned in heaven. Because it's, it's, over, it's overwhelming you. I, listen, I have days where I'm terrible at keeping my eyes on God. Terrible. I mean, for me, it almost starts in the morning. Like I, if, I don't, if I don't follow the rhythm that I know works for my spiritual formation, like in the morning, it almost derails my whole day. And I'm just down this like miserable, this like miserable path of being distracted by all kinds of other things. These are difficult. Honestly, these are really difficult days to be focused on a God enthroned in heaven. Really, there's so many other things that, that, that is, is seeking our attention. But, but the healthy road to Christian discipleship is, is to not just simply look at, at God in times of need and cry out to him in times of need, but to look to him for leadership for personal vision, for insight, for relational insight, occupational insight, vocation insight, school insight. This is, um, this is what we do. St. Augustine said this in his confession. He said, your best servant um, is the person who does not uh, attend so much to hearing what, himself, uh, what he himself wants as to willing what he has heard from you. This is what it means to be a servant. Okay, so let's, let's look back. So Psalm 123, look, look what the author is saying here. Um, so, so we're having, thinking through this perspective of seeing God enthroned in heaven. Now, I, I, do, wanna, I do wanna talk through this idea of, um, of on the road to Christian discipleship. We do have a God who can meet our needs. I absolutely have a God who, who can meet our needs. Okay, he, so here's what I would say. Um, our confidence on the road to Christian discipleship comes from where? It doesn't come from our gift set. It doesn't come from our social circle. It doesn't come from our network. It doesn't come from um, our portfolio. It doesn't come from um, our degree. It doesn't come from anything else. Our bank account doesn't come from anything else. Where does our, our confidence ultimately comes through who? Through God, through, uh, essentially through God's resources. So our confidence comes through his resources. Okay, look back, um, Psalm 123. Um, one through through four. He says, I lift my eyes. This first one. He says, I lift my eyes to you, the one enthroned in heaven. So we've been thinking about this idea of enthroned in heaven, looking towards him. And then he says this. He's going to give us a picture here. And he says, uh, like a servant's eyes on his master's hand, which you think about this imagery of hand, and like a servant girl's eyes on her mistress' hand. Now, um, why does the servant... Think about this question. Why does the servant look to the master's hand and the mistress' hand? Why does the servant do it? Because the master and the mistress have what? The resources to meet the need that the servant needs. Is that not true? 
That's why they're looking towards the hand of the master and the mistress. My, um, I, I don't, I have a nine-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son. I, I don't go to my nine-year-old when the rent is due. Like I don't gather my wife, Katie, and I don't say to her, hey, I'm gonna go and wait and stare for Claire's hand for resources to pay the bills, right? I don't go to my, I don't go to my, my two-year-old and, and, and I'm like, hey, buddy, you know, did you enjoy the food this, this month? You wanna eat next week, right? Well, well I need some, like I, I'm, I'm waiting on, you know, I'm, I'm well, that you would say that's absurd. You, why would, you wouldn't even, like, wouldn't even consider doing that. Why? Because they, they don't have the resources to meet the need in front of me, do they? Be a silly thing. And so the psalmist says, God, I'm coming to you as one enthroned in heaven. So I'm seeing you enthroned in heaven. And I'm coming to you like a servant waiting on his master's hand. Like a servant girl waiting on her mistress hand. God, I believe, this is what he's saying in that moment. He's saying, I believe that you have the resources to meet the need that I have right now. I am confident that you have the resources to do that. And that's, that's who? That's our confidence. This is why, was, this, is why this particular psalm was such a, a powerful psalm for, for God's people. Because it, it was a psalm of what? It was a psalm of saying, hey, God, we're, we're in agony. We're in, in, in trouble, and, and we need you. We believe that, that you can hear us, that you can, you can receive uh, this and then give back and help us in this. This is why this... This is why this whole thing is um, included in this. Now, two two things that we see here um, that that I think is uh, that I think is interesting. So, um, in verse in verse one, he says, "I lift my eyes to you, uh, the one enthroned in heaven." So, all throughout the Old Testament, we're we're kind of seeing this idea of looking to God in heaven and then viewing uh, the hand of God as a unique type of that God has honored you. So in 2 Chronicles verse uh, chapter 26 through 12, uh, this is Jehoshaphat, his plea. He's a fourth king. Um, he's a fourth king of, of God's people. And, and I want you to listen to this interaction here. This is verses six through 12. Um, he says, Lord, uh, God of our ancestors, are you not the God who's in heaven? <laughs> and, and do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand and no one can stand against you, verse seven. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and who gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? We, we cry out to you because of our distress and you will hear and deliver, verse 12. Our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. Listen to how he ends it. And he says, we do not know what to do, but we look to you. See, Jehoshaphat, in a moment of crisis, says what? He, he responds in, in, in a lot of ways in kind of invoking the promises of God, talking about the history of God. God, didn't you give, you gave this land to your people? And this is your land that you gave to us, God. 
And he says what? He says, I don't, I don't know what to do, but we look to you. We fix our eyes on you. We, we look over it to you. We were looking in um, Hebrews chapter 12 this morning in prayer room. And um, if you haven't been to prayer room, um, it's, a really, uh, it's a really powerful time. It's not a, um, sometimes there's a confusion around that, but really, really prayer room is, is um, we're gathering together, we're singing a few songs together, uh, and then, and then we're, we're praying some topics together. And, and some people pray, some other people don't pray. You know, we do it digitally uh, on Wednesdays at 8 um, every other week, and then we do it in, in person at 7 a.m., and, uh, and so this morning, uh, we were in the prayer room, we were looking at uh, Hebrews chapter 12, and kind of this idea that we're surrounded by uh, a great cloud of witnesses that, that essentially that we are, as God's people, on the road to Christian discipleship, that this is a road that's really well-traveled, you know? Because this is a road that has been traveled for a long time with a lot of really wonderful saints uh, who've done it before us, men and women of tremendous amount of faith. And in this particular, I was just so struck because I've been thinking on this idea of seeing God enthroned in heaven and seeing God as one who has the resources for, for my confidence and the resources for your confidence. And even in that, that, um, in that particular um, chapter of Hebrews, he says what? He says, we look to Jesus, the, the source and the perfecter of our faith. We look to him. We see him. We're, we're people who have our eyes on him. We have our eyes on him. And so this is what Je Jehoshaphat does here, this idea of seeing Jesus. Okay, so um, looking back, look at verse 2. He says, like a, like a servant's eyes on his master's hand, like a servant girl's eyes on her mistress' hand, so our eyes are on um, the Lord our God until he shows us favor. He says, show us favor, Lord, show us favor, uh, for we've had more than enough contempt. We've had more than enough scorn from the arrogant and contempt from uh, the, the proud. And so if you're looking, um, if you're looking at, at verse 2, he says what? Um, he says, until he shows us favor. So he's saying, our eyes are fixed on, and, and we have this imagery of hand here. On the, on the hand of God, looking to his hand as a, as a, as a, as a picture of a source for what can provide for us. We, we see this. Uh, so in Ezra, all throughout the book of Ezra, um, there, there's this continual picture of the hand of God, the hand of God, the hand of God. Ezra chapter seven, verse six, um, it says this, Ezra went up from Babylon uh, and, and he was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses that the Lord, the God of Israel had given and the, the king had granted him all that he had asked. Why? So why did the king, um, Ezra, historic figure in the story of God in the Old Testament, this is the king had granted all that he had asked. Why? For the hand of the Lord, his God was on him. His hand was on him. It says in Ezra 7, 28, uh, it says, and who um, extended to me his steadfast love before the king and his counselor. He's talking about God. And before all the king's mighty officers. And, and the, Ezra says this, he says, I took courage. I took courage in this moment. Why? He says, I took courage for the hand of the Lord my God was on me. And I gathered leading men from Israel to go up with me. Ezra 8, verse 22. It says, the hand of our God is for the good on all who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. And so when they're invoking this imagery in Psalm 123, 
when the psalmist is writing this and invoking this imagery of a servant looking to his master's hand, a, a slave girl looking to her mistress' hand, it's invoking this type of imagery of the hand of God. What, what, it, means to, um, what it means to have an abundance of resources. I mean, that, that's what's going on in Ezra's life is Ezra had access to God the Father, which was then doing what? He's saying, well, I, I, I'm gonna, I, I can go to the king and do this because I, 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 I'm, I, the hand of God is, is on me. I, I've, I've got his, I have confidence in his resources, in his ability to, to turn things. He's saying uh, the hand of God is all who seek him, that the power is wrath, right? He's, he's saying, no, God's hand is doing this. See, the Christian life in a lot of ways the, the Christian life is an admission to the fact, this is what it is. This is what happened when you became a follower of Christ. And maybe you're, you're watching and you're not a follower of Christ. But this is what it means to be a follower of Christ. It's what? It's an admission to the fact that God has the resources that we need. To get on the path of Christian discipleship, all of us, the way that we got on the path of Christian, Christian discipleship was what? God, I don't. I don't have the resources towards a life of abundance. I don't have them. You, you do. Like through, through your son, through his life, death, and resurrection of, of Jesus, you have, have provided a way. Like he, 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 his perfect life gave me the ability to, to have access to abundant life. I don't have it. That, that is the Christian life. It's why it's such a weird thing when you see an, uh, when you meet a, an arrogant Christian. Maybe you've met one before. Not me. I've never met one. But um, maybe you've met one before, right? That's why it's such a weird thing. It's like, bro, to be a Christian means that you've admitted that you don't have the resources to get through this life. People, um, you know, sometimes people talk about Christianity as a crutch, and it's like 100%. <laughs> you know, is that supposed to be a shot at me? <laughs> You know, I need, I need one, right? You just don't know your legs are broke. Like, I, I need it. I'm okay with it. This is what it means to be on the, the path of Christian establishments. And now I'm a people who has a God who has the resources to meet my needs. This is why the psalmist is saying, God, and, and why they would sing. God, show us favor, show us favor. Give us, maybe your translation says mercy. God, give us mercy, give us mercy. We believe that you have the, you, you can do these things that we can't do for ourselves. So, so on, the, on the walk of Christian discipleship, on the path of Christian discipleship, we have to be a people what? Who see God enthroned in heaven so, to influence us. Okay, so a, a couple of things here. Um, and then I'll pray and finish up. Just, just kind of four thought, four kind of short thoughts here. So, how do we, how do we essentially access the resources of God, right? So, if we're saying we're in, we're, we're, um, we're collectively saying with this particular psalmist in one twenty three, yeah, we believe God has the resources. That's why He's coming. We, we collectively do that. So, how do we access the resources of God? Uh, first thing, all of this is in your notes, but um, first thing, you got to trust Christ. That, that's it. I mean, you, you, you cannot access the resources that a God enthroned in heaven has and be in relationship with him. And essentially that, that's what it means to, to have his resource, be in relationship with him without trusting Christ, without trusting um, that he was the, the perfect son of God, that he died a, a gruesome death on the cross, 
right? He lived a, a sinless life, died, died a, a gruesome death on the cross, took on the full wrath of God. Scripture says he's a propitiation for our sin, took on the full wrath of God, and then on the third day rose in victory. And commit your life to him. That's, that's, you will not be able to access resource God without trusting Christ. Second thing I would say uh, is that uh, another way that you access um, the resource of God in that is, is you live in vulnerability within God's community. We're, this is a, um, a really stressful time to live right now. Like culturally, the anxiety is just in red all the time. And you will not be able to live um, the, the path of Christian discipleship in a way that's healthy, good, and right if you're not living in vulnerability with God's community. Um, it, it's why even in the midst of all of this, it's why uh, we still have house churches, which are our small groups. It's why um, we're, we're doing watch parties. It's, it's, it's why discipleship is still happening. Like if you, if you want to see um, and, and know God in an, in an intimate way, it, it will come in a lot of ways through living in vulnerability with other people inside of God's community. That's why you can't give up on this. That's why you just can't. I know it's easy right now. Gosh, you can sit in your underwear and drink your coffee and watch everything. Like, I know it's awesome, right? I know that there's parts of that that's awesome, but we can't, we can't let it influence us so much that we lose a sense of vulnerability. It's too powerful. It's too powerful. So trust Christ. We live in vulnerability within God's community. Uh, we study his promises, right? I mean, this is what we see um, this is what we see Jeroboam do, right? This is what we see a lot of the Old Testament um, prophets would do or, or writers would do. A, a lot of Psalms is just saying, hey, God, this is who you are. God, this is what you've done. This is what you've promised. God, will you, will you, will you do it? Will you do it? Will you do what you promised? We, we will access um, the resources of God when we study his promises. And, and I would say we we. Pray those back to him. Ask him to do it. And then, and then fourth thing um, on how do we access the resources of God, we, we, love, um, we love the spirit. Right? So we're, there's an awareness. Scripture tells us that there, we have a counselor who, who comes, who ministers to us, who is a, a deposit guaranteeing our future inheritance in the kingdom of God. And so we, we think on we think on him. We think on the spirit. We, we try to live equipped in the spirit. He gives us gifts to, to live and operate, and we, we recognize him. We, we don't seek to quench him. We got, we, no, we're, we're, we're thinking and, and listening. God, we're meditating, and we're trying to walk in the spirit. That's how we access the resources of God. And so maybe... Um, Maybe you're here and, and you're listening and, and you really have only, you really only view God enthroned in heaven in times of need. You, you, maybe you haven't viewed him as enthroned in heaven when it comes to um, your kind of personal vision in life, your leadership, your whatever, right? We, it shouldn't take a, um, a crisis moment in our life to view God as enthroned in heaven. It, it shouldn't. It's okay to do that when, when, when life falls apart but it shouldn't take that. So maybe you've been operating that way. Maybe today you just need to say to God, man, that's, I'm sorry. I've, that's how I've kind of been viewing. Uh, I've only really looked to you when I feel like I need you and that that's wrong of me. 
maybe there's an area in your life where, where God's calling you to submission and you just are continuing to fight that. You know, he's asked you to submit and you're just like, no, I'm not. I don't want to do that. That relationship is too important. That future prospect is too important. That particular sin is, is too satisfying. I don't, want to, I don't want to submit to you in that area. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to do as Jesus did and submit. That's what it means to be on the road to Christian discipleship is a life of submission to him and to experience him in that. Maybe you're refusing the help of God for some reason. So he's trying to surround you with community. He, he, you can tell God's been pursuing you, and you're like, no, I don't need you. Maybe, maybe for you it's just you need to, to lean into the help of God um, today. You need to see him as that person who can meet those needs and seek after his hand. Maybe saying you need to, to trust Christ. You, listen, um, all, all, all of this, like there's a, there's a way in which you can know God intellectually through his word. So you can read these things that we're reading. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, there's just words there. You, you can read those words. But, but you won't know God on an intimate level empowered by the Holy Spirit until you trust Christ. It's a whole different level. It's a whole different game. And so maybe you've been hesitant to do that. Maybe you need to do that. You can, um, you can let us know in the, the feed. You can fill out the contact card. Let us know in that. We, we'd love to kind of follow up and talk with you uh, about those things. Hey, let me, let me pray for us. God, um, thank you. Thank you that you're for us, God, that, um, that you've made yourself known to us through your son, God, that he's provided a example to us. God, that we, we see all throughout the scripture, um, we see a people committed to seeing you as, as a God enthroned in heaven. God, and, and through, through Christ, we can, we can know you. God, we, we can be in relationship with you. God, we, we can have our needs met um, through you or by you. Uh, because of Christ. God, thank you for that. Would you help us um, in these days? God, I know that you you see us in the midst of the kind of cultural climate that we're in. It's so difficult right now to be faithful, um, to to be faithful to, to keeping our eyes locked on you on this road to Christian discipleship. God, and so we, we need your, your help. God, we need your spirit. And we pray all these things uh, in Christ's name. Amen. <laughs>